When you first contact your prospect, does it work? In other words, do they pick up the phone? Do they talk to you? Do they schedule an appointment with you? When you make that first cold call, does everything go wonderfully? Or maybe when you're making that first email, do they reply every single time? You do a walk-in visit, does the business owner always come out and speak to you? You go to a networking event, do you always find every single person that you're speaking to wants to learn more about what it is that you have to offer on that very first time that you're speaking to them? You send a direct piece of mail to somebody, do they, do they automatically usually respond to that first point of connection? I would venture to guess probably not. After all is said and done, prospecting is a numbers game. It is not a sprint. It is more of a marathon. And if you can't figure out the marathon, you will starve. So we have to talk about follow-up. The fortune is in the follow-up. In today's podcast episode, we're going to be talking about the importance of follow-up and not just why it's important, but I'm going to even try to give you an example of what I feel a proper prospecting follow-up program should entail. Stay tuned. What's up, Permission Nation? My name is Charles Specht, and I teach insurance agents how to quote less, win more often, and build a $1 million or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. Whether you're a brand new producer just starting out or you've been grinding it out year after year, you're in the right place to learn how to grow your book. I teach insurance producers my step-by-step 12X framework that helps you get the incumbent agent fired and you hired. After all, why waste time quoting when you can win with one signature? If you're looking for a proven system to help you 12X your book of business, then visit my website at www.12x.club to see how it's done. Otherwise, kick back, turn up the volume, and remember, quoting is for the week. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. Hey everybody, Charles Specht here, host of the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast, and I am so glad you are with us today. Thank you again so much. As I mentioned before, I'd love to have you continue to subscribe to the podcast, share it around, and maybe even leave a five-star review if you feel that it is worthy enough. Tell you what, even before we get into the actual podcast episode today, I want to just kind of use a couple of moments to talk about my 12X Commission Mastermind. If you are interested at all in joining the mastermind, maybe even have some questions, I invite you to shoot me an email, charles at permissiongroup.com. I'll try to answer some of those and maybe we can even set up a complimentary Zoom call so I can answer any questions that you have. But I just want to tell you that in regards to the 12X Commission Mastermind, some of my members are just flat out absolutely killing it. Like I'm almost amazed at how good some of them are. And a number of them are getting anywhere from 20, 25, some 30 broker record letters in the last year since I've been working with them, both one-on-one as well as in the group coaching component of the mastermind itself. I want to invite you to take advantage of it. And if you get in contact with me and you are ready to pull the trigger on it, I will give you a little bit of a discount if you are willing to get in contact with me within 72 hours of this particular episode going live. You got 72 hours and I will give you a discount to enter into the mastermind, but you got to be ready. You got to be ready to pull the trigger. I don't want to waste my time here. I don't want to waste your time. 
So if you are wanting to do it, if you have any questions, feel free, reach out to me, charles at permissiongroup.com, and I will tell you a little bit about what the mastermind is, what it entails, how it could actually be helpful to you, and how it can help you build your book of business to a million dollars or more. So again, 12X Commission Mastermind. Now, let's dive into the actual content of the podcast episode today. Today, we're going to talk about how to do follow-up with prospects, how to do follow-up when you're prospecting. And so here's what I would absolutely feel to be the truth, is that the vast majority of insurance producers out there, insurance agents, do not have any kind of a follow-up program in place for when they're doing their prospecting. Most of them are kind of hit or miss. They prospect when they feel like it. And very often they don't feel like prospecting, so they don't prospect all that much. And I can also tell you this, that frankly, so many of them do not have kind of what a number two part of the prospecting approach is going to be, nor a number three, let alone a number four or anything like that. That's why even kind of in the last podcast episode where I talked about hitting that sweet spot, you have to understand that your prospects will respond to you in different ways. And so you have to have a follow-up program because the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And if you're not in front of them, you're forgotten about. And even as I said at the beginning of this podcast, as I was kind of like saying, hey, you know, not everybody's going to respond to you in that first contact with them. That's absolutely true. I mean, you know that to be the case. You reach out to somebody and they don't respond. So you might have to follow up. You might have to send them something else. And frankly, the fortune is in the follow-up. Why is the fortune in the follow-up? Well, the fortune is in the follow-up because that's when you actually speak to them. Frankly, the vast majority of your prospects will never respond to you and positively set up that appointment in the first time in which you're reaching out to them. And so you have to have a follow-up program, otherwise you'll starve. You have to have a follow-up program, otherwise they're not going to be getting anything from you consistently. And again, it's consistency that actually helps you prevail and win. You have to be consistent in your prospecting and you have to have a bona fide plan. So I would just maybe like ask you to think about this for a moment. And we're going to dive into taking a look at potentially what a follow-up program would look like. But I just want to tell you that if you are trying to figure out when you're doing your prospecting, how many times do you have to contact your prospect before you set that first appointment? Do you know your numbers? Do you know your numbers on how much prospecting needs to take place before you actually set that first appointment? I would tell you that many absolutely do not know what their numbers are, and therefore they are not ready for when that time comes. And so I want to ask you, think about it. When you look at the times in which you have set up your most previous appointments to go out and to see a prospect, how many times did you have to contact that prospect before they actually agreed to meet with you? I would venture to guess probably a lot, probably more than two. I would say probably more than four. I actually feel that it takes you four plus times of connecting with that insured before you get in contact with the decision maker, to speak to the decision maker, to have a conversation with the decision maker so that they will then agree to meet with you. In fact, it might even be closer to seven, seven times. Certainly, there's going to be some times where you get that person first and it just sort of works out, it clicks. Isn't that a beautiful thing when it happens? Too bad we can't have that happen more often. That's why we need to have a bona fide prospecting follow-up program. Now, 
before kind of like diving into this, and frankly, even though I do this audio podcast, I, I actually also put many of these onto my YouTube channel as well at Permission Sales. So go check out YouTube.com and look up Permission Sales because in a couple of minutes here, I'm going to talk about and maybe even share some information onto the video format so that you can actually see what I'm talking about when it comes to this particular follow-up program, okay? Now, I would tell you that when it comes to your follow-up program, you have to have more than just one primary way in which you're prospecting. If you're only doing telephone calls and your follow-up program is going to be telephone calls, you're going to lack. You're going to lack in numbers. You're going to lack in production. You're going to lack in achieving what you want to achieve because it just doesn't work when you only have one option. Again, it goes back to finding that sweet spot for your prospects. Your prospect will respond to you in, and listen to this, I, I don't know if you listen to this, but I think you, you need to listen. Your prospect will respond to you in the time and in the platform that is most comfortable and convenient for them, not you. They'll respond to you in the platform and the time that is most comfortable and convenient to them, not you. What do I mean by that? Well, the platform being, for example, telephone cold calls. They might not actually respond to cold calls. As I mentioned before, I don't respond to cold calls. It's not a good way to prospect me. But they might respond to emails. Maybe they don't respond to cold calls or emails. And so if you're only doing cold calls and maybe you're only doing emails, maybe that's not going to respond. Uh, maybe that's not going to cause a lot of your prospects to respond to you. But frankly, I just see a very large percentage. I don't know if it's a majority or not, but a very large percentage of insurance producers are one-trick ponies when it comes to their prospecting. They just sit there and they're just making calls or they just sit there and they try to do email and they feel that's going to be enough or they just sit there and they try to do some other kind of component for prospecting and they feel that's going to be enough. I'm telling you, it's not enough. There are only a certain number of ways in which to prospect. For example, there are things like telephone calls, emails, social media. You can send direct messages. You can send somebody a text message. You can do um, a referral, maybe your centers of influence. You go to a networking event. Um, you can do a podcast, for example. Podcasting works very, very well in regards to, to your prospecting. So there's a few different ways in which to prospect. And you have to figure out how can you do this so that it works for you, right? So even with regards to your social media, it might be that you are focusing in one area that's really not a very good fit for you. For your prospects, I focus a lot of time, for example, on LinkedIn, but I also get, I would say, probably about 12 to 15% of my clients come from my YouTube channel. So many of them actually are doing some searches on YouTube. They find my videos, they watch those videos, they respond back to me about what it is that I have to offer and so forth. So it starts the communication. For me, I put out content on a podcast, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, I do some email a couple of other things that I might do. And then my whole goal is that that resonates with somebody so that they respond to me by either a, a direct message or an email, sometimes a telephone call when they respond to that. But usually it's going to be a direct message or an email where I'm trying to then funnel them into a complimentary call and eventually close them um, in a Zoom conversation. That's really kind of how my funnel typically works in regards to my process. Yours is going to be different. Yours is going to be different based upon who you are, your strengths, your weaknesses, 
how far away the prospects are from you. If they're right down the street, you better go and see them. If they're you know on the other side of the state, you're probably not going to see them as much. So you're, the way in which you prospect and kind of meet with them is going to look different for each person. But you have to figure out what your approach is going to be. If you don't have a process or a system, you're going to be lacking in getting the actual results that you want. And so I just want to tell you that you need to have a different platform. You need to have your follow-up program in different platforms so that the prospects will respond to you in the time and the manner that's most convenient and comfortable to them. They might not be comfortable returning your phone call. Why do I not do that? Because it usually lasts like 10, 15 minutes, and I frankly I don't want to nor have time to talk with people on the telephone about things that I may or not really be all that interested in. And so if I don't feel like absolutely compelled this is for me, I'm certainly not going to try and give that person a telephone call um, so that it might waste my time 10, 15 minutes going forward. So that's why you just need to look at it from different perspectives. You need to have at least three ways in which you're prospecting, but more than that is better, and they have to be effective based upon the type of prospect that you're going after. Okay. Now, I'm going to start to kind of talk about this just a little bit in regards to some of the things that, that I usually teach with many of my clients about how to set up your follow-up program. Okay. So I'm going to give a little bit of an example here from doing just cold calls. Uh, doing email and doing social media. Okay. So we're going to be doing these three things, telephone calls, emails, and social media. Yours can be a lot of different other things. In fact, you might even have, for example, these three things, plus you sprinkle in some other things, such as maybe attending a few networking events, going to see some clients and talking about referrals and so forth. Look, getting referrals is great. Unfortunately, the kind of referral you get very often is not something you want to work on. It's great to sprinkle those things in there, like I'm sprinkling in a podcast, but it might not be the thing in which I spend the vast majority of my time doing when I'm out there actually prospecting, okay? So here's the kind of basic thing that I might do if I had a number of calls, all right? So I'm going to pull out my calculator because, as I've mentioned on a number of occasions, I'm just not that smart when it comes to actually doing a lot of this stuff. But let's say, for example, that... I've got maybe around, I don't know, we'll just call it like 600. Let me see here. Let me just do this. 150 times five. Let's just say I got about 750 accounts on my prospect list. Okay. By the way, I usually want to tell you, you should have about a you know a thousand, maybe to 1200 as kind of a minimum amount on your actual prospect list. If that requires that you get a second micro niche going, get that second micro niche going because you got to have enough prospects to begin working on. And when you, by the way, your follow-up program is going to be a whole lot more powerful if you can get those X dated as quickly as possible. So with that said, I would usually tell you once you put together your first prospect list that you just need to kind of like blow through it and making cold calls with the whole idea of doing data mining. You need to mine the data from your prospects, such as who's the person that handles the insurance? When do the policies come up for renewal? What is the email address for the person that handles the insurance? And how about getting a cellular number for that person as well? I typically want to have at least those four things. I'm going to ask for the cell phone number last because that's, I think, a little bit more sort of intrusive. But frankly, you don't get, you don't get what you don't ask for. And many times you can ask for it and get it, especially if that decision maker is out of the office and using their cell phone a lot. But again, 
You got to have the name of the person who's handling the insurance. It's great to be able to figure out when the policies come up for renewal, because if you can start focusing on contacting those accounts 90, 120 days before they come up, you're in a much stronger position to get something positive in return than if you were, for example, contacting them eight months before they come up for renewal. So the name of the person, the policy X dates, get the email address from that person. If you can't get the email address of that person, usually the organization has a general email, like an info at suchandsuch.com. Great. Start with that. That's the best way you can get. I would say maybe one other thing, ask for if you can get it. See if they have a direct number rather than having to go through the normal um, you know, contact the receptionist. Maybe there is a direct line to your decision maker's desk. I want to have that direct phone number as well. And then obviously a cell phone number. If I can get a cell phone number, I get a chance to actually text message them. I can speak to them on their cell phone, so I don't have to actually just kind of wait for the office as well. It really opens up a lot of different ways in which to prospect, okay? But here's kind of like what I would tell you that you need to do, okay? So this is just a little bit kind of an example of some of the things that you would do, okay? Now, in this example, I'm going to be doing cold calls and emails, and then I'll start sprinkling in some other ways, okay? Now, in this example, I'm going to be doing about 30 cold calls per day and 30 cold calls each day. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, okay? So that equates to, I think that's 150 if I'm not mistaken, 150 different cold calls that you will do in a week. Let me ask you this. Is that a lot? Is that a lot of cold calls? It's not. In fact, you can probably knock out 30 cold calls in about an hour and a half. You have an hour and a half a day. You have an hour and a half a day. I don't know if you heard me, but I said you have an hour and a half a day to do cold calling. And so you could knock out 30 cold calls in that amount of time, no problem. You might even just knock it out in an hour if you just leave a bunch of voice messages and didn't even get someone on the telephone. But it is what it is. 30 calls per day, 150 per week. That's not too much, okay? Now, here's what I would do, okay? Normally, what I say, at least in my process here, is that I make the cold call first, follow it up with an email, and then wait. Yours might be different. You might send an email first, follow it up with a cold call two days later, and then wait, whatever it is. You have to figure out what is going to be the primary way that you prospect. That's the first way. And then the secondary way that you prospect for your first point of follow-up and the third way and so forth. And you have to figure out what time uh, is going to be allotted in between each of those. And again, consistency is the key, okay? So let me try and just sort of break this down, go a little bit more slowly for you so that you can understand what it is I'm talking about. 30 cold calls per day, 150 per week. If I make 30 cold calls on Monday, which is, this is the first week, 30 cold calls on Monday, then I'm going to send emails to any of them, maybe that I made the Friday before that. Okay. So I'm going to send, I'm going to do 30 cold calls, send 30 emails to any of that I called on last Friday. On Tuesday, I'm going to make 30 more cold calls, and then I'm going to send 30 emails to the accounts that I called the day before. On Wednesday, I'm going to make 30 cold calls, and I'm going to send 30 emails to the calls that I made on Tuesday. On Thursday, I'm going to make 30 more phone calls, and then I'm going to send 30 emails to the ones that I did yesterday on Wednesday. On Friday, I'm going to make 30 more phone calls, and then I'm going to send 30 emails from all the account, all the calls I did the day before on that Thursday. So for all intents and purposes, in the first week, 
I'm going to be doing about 300 points of connection in regards to my cold calling. 30 calls a day, 150, basically followed up the very next day with an email. I want to wait about 24 hours before I send the email. I might get some people to respond to me. I might talk to people in the very first call, whatever it is. But I usually want to wait to see what happens and then respond with an email within 24 hours. This is my process. It doesn't mean that it's better than your process or worse. It's just mine. Find out what works for you. So in this example, in week one, all I did was 30 calls a day, 30 emails. Each were 24 hours after I made the call. So that 150 plus 150, this is 300 points of communication in just one week. That's really not that hard. In fact, it doesn't take very long to do emails. It's a lot of cut and paste. And frankly, if you even do this, In some kind of an email provider company, some kind of a marketing organization, like, for example, ConvertKit. I use ConvertKit for mine. HubSpot, you can do Salesforce. You can do whatever it is that you're using in regards to doing your email marketing. But that's what I would do for week one. 30 calls per day, 30 emails per day, 150 phone calls, 150 emails. That's week one. Now, week two, I'm going to do the exact same thing. So I have another 150 prospects, okay? Like I said, that first week, I send the, I do the telephone call, I send the email, and then I don't do anything on that count for another week. I let it sit. You know, sometimes when you're making a stew at your house, you know, you just got to put like all the ingredients in there and you just like let it stew. You just got to let it sit in there and it just gets better over the course of time. It's kind of like a crock pot. You put it in there, you set it on the timer, you go to work, you come back, everything is just beautiful then. So week one, do your telephone calls, follow it up with an email the next day, and then don't touch it for at least a week. Now, let's get into week two. Week two, we're going to get another 150 prospects. These 150, we're going to do exactly the same way that we did in week one. No difference. It's just a different 150. So we're going to make 30 cold calls a day. The next day, we're going to follow up with each call with an email to that prospect. So 30 on Monday, 30 on Tuesday, 30 on Wednesday, 30 on Thursday, 30 on Friday. And then we followed up the day after with an email to each one of those that we called. So now in the first two weeks of actually doing this, we will have called 300 accounts and we will have sent 300 emails. That's just in two weeks. So if you were just to do nothing else other than just follow this program for four consecutive weeks, you would be calling on about 600 different accounts in just a four-week period, less than a month, okay? But this is just the first two parts, okay? So again, here in week two, make those 30 calls, send the email the day after, and then don't touch those accounts for at least another week. Now we come to week three. Now we come to week three, and this is where we're going to sprinkle in a little bit more follow-up. In my example here, I'm going to sprinkle in some social media, okay? So at the beginning of week three, I'm actually going to do the very same thing that I did on week one and week two. I just have another 150 different prospects. So now I'm on my third batch of a different 150. And so I'm going to make the same kind of process that I did on week one and week two with this now third batch of a different 150. I'm going to make 30 calls on Monday, 30 calls on Tuesday, 30 on Wednesday, 30 on Thursday, 30 on Friday. And I'm going to send an email the day after to each of those of each of those accounts. So week one, week two, week three are exactly the same. However, in week three, now I'm going to sprinkle in some social media 
on the accounts that I worked on back in week one. So that first batch of 150 prospects. Now, on Monday, I'm going to go back to those 30 accounts that I worked on in week one on Monday. And I'm going to start reaching out to those accounts on social media. My platform would probably be LinkedIn, for example. I'm not saying send 30 direct messages to people on LinkedIn. If you know anything about how I teach LinkedIn, you would know that that's not something I do. And in fact, if you're interested in learning about LinkedIn, go check out my digital course, 12X Your Book with LinkedIn. You can find it over on permissiongroup.com, my website. But what I would do is I would start connecting with these people. I would start clicking like on their comments or any posts that they've done. I would leave a comment on any posts that they have done probably in the last you know month or two. And if they have ever, ever commented anywhere, I would comment on their comment. What I, essentially I'm trying to do here is start a conversation on social media. I mean, frankly, isn't that what you want from email? Right? From email, you're hoping they reply so that you can start a conversation. I'm doing the same thing on social media. So again, remember, week one, you're making the telephone calls, following up with email. Week two, you're making the telephone calls, following up with email. Week three, you're making the telephone calls, following up with email. But on week three, now we're adding in social media on the accounts that we worked on week one. So on that Monday of week three, I'm going to go back to those initial 30 accounts that I worked on on Monday from week one. And I'm going to connect with them on social media and I'm going to try and click like on anything they did and potentially start to comment on things they did. Then on Tuesday for week three, I'm going to do the exact same thing, but I'm going to do it for the accounts that were Tuesday on week one. So I'm going to start sprinkling in that social media. Same thing for Wednesday, same thing for Thursday, same thing then also for Friday. So now here in week three, it's getting slightly more complicated, but now basically we're just doing some, we're adding in some social media from what we normally do with our 30 calls and 30 emails. Okay. So that's week three. Now week four, and it'd be a whole lot easier for you to actually like see what I'm saying, but if you can't see what I'm saying, at least listen to it. But week four, we're doing the same thing that we did on week one, week two, week three, from where we've got a different 150, right? We said 150 for week one, we've got a different 150 for week two, different 150 for week three. Now we're on our fourth batch of a different 150 accounts. We're going to do the same thing. Make the cold call. We're going to send emails the day after. Now, however, instead of we're doing social media for the accounts that we did back in week one, now we're doing social media for accounts that we did in week two. So we're always working a two-week process for our follow-up, okay? A two-week process in regards to our follow-up. We call, we leave a voice message, we don't do anything for a week after that, then we sprinkle in the social media, okay? So now here in week four, I'm doing social media from week two. Same thing I just talked about. Whatever accounts I called on, on Monday, on week two, I'm now sprinkling in social media on that particular date liking, commenting, sending connection requests, and so forth. Now, what I'm also going to add into week four is something different. Now I'm going to go back and re-email the accounts. I'm going to re-email the accounts, however, not from week two, but I'm going to e email these accounts again way back from week one. So I'm going back to my initial week one um, accounts. Now, I know I'm probably losing you here, so let me just kind of reiterate. We're talking about week four. Week four, we're doing 30 calls on Monday to, to different accounts. We're going to follow up the next day on emails to those accounts. We're sprinkling in social media from week two. 
But now here in week four, we're going to go back and re-email the accounts we initially called on Monday on week one. On Tuesday, we're going to do everything I just said, but we're going to re-email the accounts from week one that we did on Tuesday. On Wednesday, we're going to do all those same things, but re-email the accounts we did from week one on Wednesday. We're going to do the same thing. And then on week five, we're coming in with another new set of 150. We're going to make those 30 calls. We're going to follow up with emails the next day and so forth. And now we're doing social media sprinkled in from week three. And now we're re-emailing accounts from week two. So you can see how it's kind of like following through. We're just sort of following up on all of the stuff. And frankly, what's happening on these accounts is that your prospects are going to be responding to you at this time. They're going to be emailing you back. They're going to start commenting with you on social media. You're going to have a lot of good things happening. You're going to have accounts set up that want to actually meet with you and so forth. So that's what's happening in regards to the follow-up. Now, let's just get back to week six. I don't have any more accounts, new accounts from my prospect list. I have exhausted my prospect list, at least in regards to this um, example. So I had 750 accounts. I made calls on those over the course of five weeks, and now my 750 accounts have all been called on. So now at the beginning of week six, on Monday, I'm going to make 30 cold calls to whatever accounts I called way back in week one on that Monday. I'm going to do the social media on the accounts from week four. I'm going to re-email the accounts from week three. And again, I just stick to the date. Whatever I did on that Monday is what I'm doing on this Monday today. Then on Tuesday, doing the same thing. 30 more phone calls from the accounts I made on Tuesday back in week one. Social media from week two, or week four rather, Tuesday. Re-email the accounts from week three on Tuesday. I have this all color-coded in front of me as I'm going through this and so that you can actually see it. And basically what you're doing then is you are just following through with the entire social media or rather the entire follow-up program that actually then connects with the people you're trying to reach out to. Why is this important? Because they respond in the time, the manner, the platform that is most comfortable and convenient to them, not you. And so when we can start to layer the prospecting follow-up, you're going to see what I feel could be best described as exponential results. You're going to be very happy with how things are working out. But if you don't actually put in those layers in your follow-up program, you're a one-trick pony. You're basically just making cold calls and throwing mud against the wall to see what sticks. But that's not what a professional does. A professional has a system a process, and he or she follows through on that process. And when you follow through on the process, you get very, very good results that you can measure over the course of a long period of time. And frankly, you are going to get good results. So let me just kind of like reaffirm a couple things here. The first time you have your calls, just like you need to figure out who's the person who's the decision maker, the policy expiration date, the email address for the person, See if you can get their cell phone number and then maybe even a direct number to that person's desk or office rather than going through the gatekeeper. Then you got to start layering your weeks. You got to have at least three different ways in which to prospect. As you would see there in that, that whole process that I just went through, there were three things that I did. Telephone calls, email, and social media. You could probably sprinkle in some other things like maybe going to some networking events, going to talk to some clients about referrals and so forth. Great. 
but your follow-up program is going to have three consistent parts to it that you can layer in, and this process is going to result in exponential results. My friends, this is how you build a $1 million or more book of business. That is how you do it. You can't do it by just sort of hoping it's going to work. You can't do it by prospecting when you feel like it. You actually have to pull the trigger and follow the process. Follow the process, tweak it and pivot as needed, but follow the process, stay consistent, hold yourself accountable, and then reap the rewards. That's how it's done. I would love to hear from you to see how that follow-up program works for you. If you start implementing it, I feel that you're going to get some really, really good results. Now, I can't just email this to you because it's actually part of something that I have inside my mastermind for my mastermind members, but I went over some of it with you today. If you're interested in it or you want to know more about the mastermind, like I said, reach out to me at charles at permissiongroup.com. But my mastermind members get a lot more than you'll ever get from me on LinkedIn or this podcast or anything like that. In fact, I'm actually giving them a lot more coming up in the next few weeks here. But I'd love to have a chance to talk with you. If you're interested, email me, charles at permissiongroup.com, and we'll talk a little bit more, not only about follow-up, but how you can become a member of the 12X Commission Mastermind. And so this is kind of the end of this podcast episode today. I hope you got some value out of it. I hope you actually start implementing the follow-up program because it works. My name is Charles Specht. I am the president and CEO of Permission Sales, where I teach and train insurance agents just like you how to build a $1 million or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast.